0: like you mean it yes, all right we already said we want to listen today right yes, you sure about that all right oh somebody says beside you let's say this together our father Now you somebody said oh somebody said oh, let's say our father no. in the name of your son Jesus we receive
1: revelation that is found in Christ there is no confusion there is no contradictions in this atmosphere we behold you as we
0: see ourselves in you your name alone is glorified, and we identify. Amen. Amen. You don't sound like you mean it. Amen. Amen. All right. Flowing with
1: the local church. Let's get into the word this morning. We already sang. We want to worship. We want to sing. <laughs> we also want to listen, so let's listen now. All right. Flowing with the local church. Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16 we started this series last week as we prepare for our camp meeting coming up in November. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Four, 11 to 16. <clears throat> he says, He gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In verse 14, it says that we henceforth be no more children, thus to and fro, carried about by, with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to the sea, but well, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, and as from whom the whole body fitly joined together, <clears throat> and compared that by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body, Unto the edifying of itself in love. Hallelujah, Amen. So we we started looking at something last week. We said the local church is the guardian of believers within a locality or a a place. And we said there is a leader, there is a shepherd. I would say the function of the local church is given to nourish and to feed the believer. And we said in salvation, the first thing a believer needs in salvation is that you introduce them to the local church because that is where they grow. That is where they are fed. That's where they are fought God's word. So, a local church that doesn't place premium on teaching God's word isn't said to be doing the right thing because That is how you are fed, because you see in this text we just read, it says he gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, for one reason. So the work of a pastor, why I'm here this morning, is for one reason. Look at it in yourself in the scriptures in verse 12. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Look at it in verse 14. He says, so that you are not henceforth tossed, to and fro, carried with every wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine, you mean? They said this in this place, you run there. They said this in that place, you run there. They said this, you run there. One YouTube preacher said this, you run there. One Facebook preacher said this, you run there. One Instagram preacher said this, you run there. He says that you are no more henceforth tossed, to and fro carried with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and corny craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. And I'm teaching this this morning because we live in a generation that don't understand this. It seems like a lot of the older, older generation seems to understand what it means to be consistently put in a place, in a local church. But today in our world, because of the social media world we live in, you can be in church today and in the afternoon, you have another service you are going to go and watch online. That doesn't make sense because it doesn't, It shows that you, are, you don't understand the work of the local church. Because God's plan for the believer is that he will be nourished. He will be fed. God's plan for the church is that you will be nourished. You will be fed God's word. Because there is just one thing, look at it in First Peter 2 verse 2, I want you to go there. <clears throat> 1 Peter 2 verse 2, 1 Peter 2, 2. So a believer needs to understand why is in the local church or why did you come here this morning, you know, why you seated in the service this morning? Is it just another ritual of, okay, I just got to be in church this morning before they say, ah, I did not come to church? <laughs> Look at First Peter 2 2. Look at what it says. It says, as newborn babes, it says what? Desire the sincere meek of the world, that what? That they may grow thereby. So what makes you grow as a believer? That thing we call spiritual growth. That I am growing spiritually as a believer is that I am fed the word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is that I am fed the word. Look at how Peter look at how Paul put it in in 1st Corinthians. Go to 1st Corinthians 3. When issues happen in 1st Corinthians 3, look at what he told them. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, I expect you to be there. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Oh, but you're going to open Bible today where? That's why you're in church, to be fed. (laughs) Amen. All right, look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Because I I tell believers, uh, and I I don't mean any shade of this. I, I, I really don't mean it. I'm not trying to be... Shade to throw any shade at anybody. But I tell believers, I say, if you don't go to church with your Bible, you are a candidate for deceit. Then the pastor can say whatever he wants to say and get away with it because he knows you are not going to check it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because he knows that you are not, you didn't come to with the church with your Bible to follow through with him. So then he can drop any punchline, and you all you just do is mm! He doesn't say, hmm, wow, the word eats me. And the person is, the, the word that he's saying doesn't have any correlation with the scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why you go to the church with your Bible, so that we are both looking at it together. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? We are looking at it together. You are checking me. You are listening. You are paying attention. When I miss a lie, you're like, okay, ah, something is... Are you getting what I'm saying? So that way, you are growing. Because the reason you came here this morning is to be fed the word. And my responsibility is to feed you the word. Look at in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. Look at what happened. It says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto canal, even as unto babes in Christ, for I fed you with meek, and not with meat. For if I you were not able to bear it, neither are you not able. In that sense, for ye are yet canal. Because you are not able to bear the word. A lot of people, they can't even sit down. Some people say, the attention span is 10 minutes. But the attention span in watching a movie, in series, is not... 10 minutes so where did you uh, oh well, thank you 24 hours I remember the first time I washed out to get away with mother it was during it was doing pandemic I watched one season at once I almost backslided <laughs> I fin. I had because I couldn't drop it And someone told me attention span is 10 minutes I said no I was telling somebody say I mean, even my Sunday service is not enough to teach. Person now checked my sermon on SoundCloud and said, "You taught this on Sunday morning." I said, "Yes." I said, "But it's still not enough." Person, eh? Person, <laughs> eh? I said, "It's not enough." I said because my responsibility is to feed the believer, and you must be. Look at First Peter. Look at Look at First Peter five verse two. Let me show you something there. First Peter five verse two. So when you see the word feed in the scriptures, it means you must be taught God's word. You must be taught God's word. So any pastor, any preacher who is in feeding the believer isn't set to do a good job. And I told you last Sunday, I said, if you come to this church two, three Sundays, you don't see us teaching the work, pack your bag and go. Are you getting what I'm saying? Come to this church. The reason why I'm saying it is so that me too, I can be on the edge. On my responsibility. Look at First Peter, First Peter 5, 2. First Peter 5, verse 2. Are you there? Look at what it says. It says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy looker, but of a ready mind. That is a responsibility of a pastor to feed the people. So, the responsibility of a pastor is to feed the believers, the world. So, the reason you are seated this morning is so that I, you can be fed. Are you already being fed? <laughs> I said, no. I don't even want to be fed. <laughs> no, you will be fed too. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we said, <clears throat> every local church is given a responsibility. And I said, a pastor on Instagram can't pastor you. (laughs) You are going through a problem. You are going through something. That pastor on Instagram can't pastor you. You can only be a fan. But he doesn't know you. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 7. Hebrews 13, verse 7. And let's see verse 7. Let's, Let's look just because of our time. Let's go to verse 17. Then you see pastors come to so and say, just a short word. I mean, that means they don't really want to feed you properly. How would, how would you say just a short word so that we, just, we don't waste time? But we waste time on other things, but we don't waste time on the short word. No. The responsibility is that you are well fed. Look at in Hebrews 13 verse 17. It says, obey them that have rule over you. Submit yourselves for the or the wash for your souls as they must give account that they must do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. Now, we ask you a question. Who is going to give account of you on the last day? The pastor on Instagram who doesn't know you? The pastor on TikTok who doesn't know you? The pastor of Facebook or YouTube who doesn't know you—is that a person? Who, so, do you know that everybody is going to stand? I'm going to stand as the pastor of Supernatural Community Church. People are going to be on my back, and God will ask me, "Oh, what of this, brother?" I'll say, "Well, um, God, you know, I tried my best. I tried." God will say, "Okay, that's fine. Do you hear what your pastor said, or what you who you claimed to be your pastor said?" <laughs> then you will look at the pastor. On Instagram, on the last day, and you're wondering, ah, pastor, pastor, I followed you. The pastor says, ah, I did not know you. <laughs> you are not part of the people I was praying about. You are not part of the people I'm praying for. Because the pastor will only pray for those and feed those he sees physically. That's the, that's the delusion that people have. He's going to pray, put his attention, put his mind on people he sees. And this thing has to be taught to our generation because we seem, because of the social media world, we seem not to understand it anymore. Now, you see people sit down at home and say, I'm enjoying service. How did you enjoy a service by sitting at home? You can't be blessed. Okay, I'm a Manchester United fan, and I love and I would to God that one day I will go to Manchester, Old Trafford to watch a game. But if I go to Old Trafford to watch a game, it can't be like how I watched it on TV. I don't even if you know what I'm talking about. Because there is that feeling of being in the game. So we, we keep getting ourselves deceived in our world today, and these things have to be taught. Now, I know that this might be paining you somehow, but that's the essence of why you came today, so that you can hear the truth. No pastor cares for people who doesn't come to church. That's the truth. No pastor really will put attention or pray for those who doesn't come to church. So if you keep saying you are following a pastor online, you are tapping from his grace online, you are deceiving yourself. You need a local church, a physical assembly. You need to fellowship with believers. It is God-ordained instruction. God-ordained instruction. That we all gather together as one family and fellowship together. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 25. Or let's start from verse 24. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. So tell your neighbor, say, "You you need a local church. So who is your pastor? Ask your neighbor, who is your pastor? You know, so if you cannot answer that kind of question, that means the pastor must be somebody you see, right? You receive from, right? Who feeds you, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen people who are in a local church and they are sending money to a pastor they've never seen before. Then you'll be wondering why, why are they there? Why are you not coming to church? That's mocking the hawks with the corn. That's how Paul called it. Look at Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking, let's read it together. Let's want to go to verse 25. Selfs together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as ye see the day approaching. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That means there is something in the physicality of our gathering. I say it this way. In Matthew 18, it says where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. So now let me ask you a question. Is Jesus right here? Yes. No, are, are you getting what I'm saying? So that means that same Jesus who walked upon the street of men is here right now. I tell people, they say, I'm not feeling fine. That's why I don't come to church. No, it is actually why you should come to church because there is healing in the house. You cannot get better by staying at home. It is actually when you're having that headache, you will come to church. I have come to church to preach to you like this, and I wasn't feeling okay. And I was teaching you. I was interestingly I was teaching healing. And I was saying the power of God works. This and that. Yeah. And me, my own body wasn't good. But I noticed something. But I was getting better. It was much better than I was at home. Because if you understand what the church is about, you will know that, okay, if I can just drag myself to church and at least sit there at the back. as he says, Look at Luke 5, verse 17. Let me show you something there. Luke 5, verse 17. Luke 5, 17. Let me show you something there you can understand what I'm saying. In verse 17, Luke 5, verse 17, are you there? I'll wait for you. Luke 5, 17. It says, It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching the law, as he was teaching, what was he doing? Now, this was Jesus. He was what? Guys, he was what? And that there were Pharisees, doctors of the law, sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Jerusalem. And what happened? Let's read the next statement together. And the, power of the, Lord was the power of the Lord was present to you. So if that same Jesus is here this morning, can your sickness, can every pain be healed? Yes, sir. Even while the teaching is going on, Yes, because the power of the Lord is present to heal. The power of God is not present to heal at all in your bed. No, it's present to heal when we gather. Then you see people keep moving from one pillar to post, keep troubling. Oh yeah, oh ha. Ah. Simple, just the simple instruction. So I tell people, I say it's just one simple instruction you have to obey, and huh? your life will just be in order. But what what is simple, you will try to complicate it by going everywhere and you will still end up still doing that one simple thing. So you need to be planted in a local church. And we were asking ourselves a question last week. We said, if on the last day today, who is going to give account for you? The pastor on Instagram, he doesn't know you. On YouTube? Nope. Facebook? Nope. He <laughs> doesn't know you. Is where you are planted, your cell leaders, people who brought you to church this morning. Those are people that will walk with you, help you, make sure that you are growing, feeding on the word, stand with you. Those are the people that will speak for you. It says that they may do it with joy and not with greed. So ask your neighbor. Is your being here today a joy or a, with grief? People are saying, please don't ask me. <laughs> I know, I understand, it's cool. So, the primary role of a pastor is to feed the flock, and the primary role of the local church is to supply nourishment for his growth. So you need to be planted. I tell your neighbor, say, you need to be planted. You, be planted. you know, sounding like you mean it? You need, you need to be planted. So we said, in the local church, what is your responsibility? And I said, a local church is as strong as is nourishment. So I'll get into what I want to share today. And it's just taking a tangent from what. I don't know if I am gonna finish it this morning, but we'll continue again on Sunday. There's no rush because we are here. One of the reasons why I teach in series is because it is still you are going to meet next Sunday. <laughs> so there's no rush. I'm not trying to rush my sermon. I, I heard that from a preacher some years ago. He said, why are you rush? Why are you saying you want to give them short words to rush? Are they not coming back next Sunday? And that changed my mindset. So that's why you see of, every, every of our studies always in series, we take our time, we address the questions properly, look through, there's no rush. We are all here. Hallelujah. Praise Amen. God. Because we are, going to be be, we are going to be fed the word. Amen. So the whole body contributes its share. And we said, the body is made to nourish itself. So I'll say, so say this. The growth and the nutrition of a local church is in all its members. Now, this looks like a sermon you are wondering, why is pastor teaching this? Well, because you have to know. We live in a time and world where the social media world has spoiled, has spoiled so many things. Or is creating a, a devilish alternative to things. So you need to be really taught what the local church is all about. So all the members are supposed to partake in how the local church is being built up. If one person is just doing all the job, you are not going to be blessed. If I was the one who cleaned the church this morning, opened the door this morning, sent a text message, I picked everybody this morning, played the keyboard, led the prayer, you know, the reason why I sang this morning is because the choirs did not do well. Yes. They did not practice. That is why I led the worship this morning. Yeah. So let's, let's face ourselves. We are, in, we are a family. We can talk to ourselves now, right? Yes, sir. Guys. Share yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, your neighbor say we are, we, are we are a family. So we are having a family discussion this morning. Family, no, tell your neighbor say we are having a family discussion. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to our family. (laughs) We are having a family discussion as a church this morning. The reason why I led worship is because the choirs did not rehearse. So let them cover their face. They didn't rehearse. They didn't come on time early this morning. So the pastor has to lead worship. But didn't I try? But imagine I've saved my voice to just preach. Hallelujah.
0: <laughs>
1: we're, having a, we're having a family discussion now. I, are you getting what I'm saying? So I can tell you what is going on. So you're not just coming. say, why did the pastor lead worship? It's because the choir did not. If the, one of the choir came at 10, one of the choir came at after 10, should the choir member be coming when pray, opening prayer has started? Tell me, family. Tell me. Uh, uh, why are you not, why are you people not talking? Only one person. Oh, because you are scared that you will come for you. (laughs) We're having a family discussion. So, there's no, I'm not trying to offend anybody. We're just having, we're just trying to correct ourselves. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, Because sometimes the truth needs to be taught. Mm, The truth needs to be taught. (laughs) So, a strong church is a church that is being fed the word. And they are receptive to the word. So a church is as strong as what it feeds on. What are you feeding on in this church? Actually, we try our best by the power of God. We make sure that every believer is being taught God's word. You are being trained to preach, being trained to pray. Just why you prayed this morning, I think, for quite some minutes. So we say, it's too long. It's not too long. It's a training. You are being trained to pray. Because a believer must have a good prayer life. So it is not, it's not that we are trying to punish you and say, oh, this is laborious. No, you must be. So how would you pray when you get home? When circumstances of life eat you down, how are you going to pray? You are being taught from the opening prayer, okay, this is how I pray. I pray in tongues. And the prayers are being led. Are you get to Because that is how the believer is being fed. That is fellowship we sang together, we worshipped together, now we are studying the word, you are are receiving, you are being fed the word. We teach you how to evangelize here, we teach you how to, you know, heal the sick, we have a series like that, how to minister and receive healing, such that you can see how to heal the sick. We teach you everything, by the power of God. So the function of a church is seen in how the believers are built to maturity. So, our gathering together serves the purpose for us being built up. Now, look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Let's go there. I want to show you something there. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. As we prepare for camp meeting. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It says, are you there? 1 Corinthians 14, 26. So, every gathering of a believer is supposed to have one purpose for edification. Look at verse 26. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. I'll wait for you, everybody. If you are there, say amen. Amen. Uh, If you are there, say wait for me. Okay. I wanted to say if you are not there. If you are are not there, say wait for me. Okay, nobody. All right, let's read together. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. It says... When ye come together, look at that. Wait, wait. Let's read it again. Every one of you had a what? A psalm. Had a what? A doctrine. Had a what? So have we? Have we spoken in tongues this morning? Have we had a psalm by singing? Okay. Had a doctrine. Is that what we are doing gradually? All right. You say had a what? A revelation. Had an interpretation. We're going to study this revelation interpretation in the course of this series. It now says, Let all things be what? So that means the purpose of why we are here this morning is for what? Edification. For us to be edified. So everything we do in the believers' gathering is for edification. So the purpose of our gathering is for us to gather and make us better. So the word edification there in the Greek is from the Greek word oikodomio. Oikodomio means to build, to promote, to promote the growth of another, to build, to promote the growth of another for the profiting. So that is every service you come for in this church must be for one purpose, to build, right? For edification, to promote the growth, to promote the service of another. So that means if I'm in the sanitation department, cleaning the church, am I building? Because I'm trying to make people everywhere welcome for people to sit down, right? Are you getting what I'm saying? Or if I'm in the technical thing, I'm trying to make sure all the sounds, everything is well turned on, discussed, done properly so that it will be done, right? Right, guys? Oh yeah. Because it's for the edification. So every service should make the believer stronger and better. That is why when Sister Joy was leading us in prayer this morning, she said that when we come together, we didn't come for just coming sake. She said, We came so that we may receive, we can be better, and we can be blessed such that our life will not remain the same. So when people tell you, so that my life will not remain the same after the service, it is because your coming together is for a purpose. Say, my coming to church this morning, church this morning is for me to be better, is be for me to be stronger. To be stronger. Good. Alright, look at the 1 Corinthians 11. Let's see what happened in the church. 1 Corinthians 11:17. 17. Now, I'll give you a background story of the Church of Corinth. The Corinth people were known for division. Corinth people had so many pastors in their church. They had the YouTube pastor, the Instagram pastor, the TikTok pastor. One pastor per, per YouTube, per, per, even Snapchat pastor. In fact, was all pastor. <laughs> they have pastor for everything, so they were divided. That's why you see in the earlier chapter, Paul said, follow me. He had to stop all of their, all of their division. But look at something in First Corinthians 11 verse 17. Let's see verse 17. Are you there? If you are just say amen. amen. If you are just say wait. If you are not just say wait for, wait for me. Okay, please, I'll wait for you. But please let us know with eternity. <laughs> First Corinthians 17, You should be there. All right, let's read it together. want to ready, go. No, you missed it too. You say for the better. That's not what he it says. He said not for the better, but what? <laughs> so, these guys, in their own coming to church, they were not coming for the better at all. Their coming to church was making them worse. Imagine you come to church and you let you worse than you came. How <laughs> <I> about that? <laughs> so, these guys, they came together in the church. Apostle, eh, hey, your coming together is supposed to be for the better. But you guys are coming for the war. So when we're even leaving service, you're just wondering, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the most horrible service I've ever, I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I remember I've had services like that before. When you left the church, you just felt like, never again, never again, never again. I remember I've, I've gone to a church like that before. <laughs> Look at the verse 18. It happens, I mean, but that's because those things happen, and that's why we are studying this, so that we, we will not, Supernatural Community Church will not be a church where you'll be coming for the worse. <laughs> so we have to learn, <laughs> we have to quickly learn how to come together for the better now. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> all right. Look at verse 18. It says, for first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Paul was in disbelief, like, hey? <laughs> I don't believe that's what's happening. He said, I hardly believe it. <laughs> because some people come together for division. And we said edifying means to promote the growth of another, right? So you see that edification and division is opposite. It's two words apart. And a local assembly that is divided cannot build anything. When we have people... When people have a unity of purpose, it will be difficult for God to even intervene. When we all have unity of purpose, if all of you gang up together today, say, I say, this pastor will deal with him. There's nothing I can do. May you not happen in Jesus' name. <laughs> he said, somebody just tell us, Pastor really offended me. Let's deal with Pastor. Let's finish him. You will achieve it though. Because that's what happened in Genesis eleven. They said, "Let us build a tower, a place of idol worship, such that God could not do anything." His hands were tied. Division, and they were divided. They were united in division. Now you'll be wondering, okay, what makes a church divided? Is it, you see, know, as we are seated now. It doesn't look like we're divided. All of us are laughing to do as you command, to serve our fellow bar, you know. It doesn't look like we're divided. But a local church that is divided is, can build anything. Because the strongest point of growing a local church is that the people are one. That is why there is a leader. There is a pastor. In the book of Judges, the people kept doing what is right in their own sight because they just felt like there was no lead, need. So we've, sought a po- we've solved the problem. There is a leader in the church. There is people handling things in the church. So there's difference. So it's not as if you can just walk up and do anything you like. We've solved that problem. Right? I mean, there is organization. There's leadership. But is there love work? Do you love the person sitting beside you? Look at the person beside you and say, Do you really love me? Now, see, everywhere was quiet. Ask your neighbor now, Do you really love me? Hey. Sister John, look at us. <laughs> No, you know, you guys, you guys are quite So, what's the response? What's the response? Now, so that means, now, that means, now, okay, let's do something. Let's, let, let, let's do something. You know, we, I said today we're having a family discussion, right? Okay. There's a problem in my language. They, said, they say, when your friend is eating insects and you do not advise your friend, the day the insect will come to pest, they said, oh, both of you will not sleep together. Because <laughs> both of you will both be awake to be chasing the incense away. I don't know if you get what I just said. Okay. Now, that means, I asked you a question. I said, ask your neighbor, do you really love me? Now, so that means, if you love the person sitting beside you, what are you going to do to edify the person? What did we say edification is? To build, to build Right. To promote what? The growth of what? Another, Another, right? Okay. So that means the Corinthian church were responsible for their problems. Because we can either help or destroy the ministry in our midst. We can either help build or destroy the ministry in our midst. When we come together, it is all of us' responsibility to either help or either the minister. You know, just like I just said this morning, if the choirs have done their job properly, you know it will have just been a smooth flow for me this morning. Hope you know. I mean, let's use the choir today, so let them face their own. (laughs) It's a family discussion. So that means if every member of the local church plays a major role or plays their role well, we will all be built up. You know, if all of you seated here this morning as a part you are playing and not just sitting down, warming the bench, just making sure that everything is, if fact, do you know that I've been pastoring for some years, and I can tell you, the people that complain the most in the local church are people that don't do anything in the church. The service was dry. Me, I can't say that now. The person that led opening prayer can't say that. The person that cleaned and arranged the church can't say that. The technical team can't say that. The people who drove, the transportation people who drove, Big people can't say the service was dry this morning. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because we are all working together, playing our parts together. But imagine do you know why service is to be dry for you? Because you are not doing anything. And that is part of division. Hallelujah. That is part of division. So the members must play a major role than even the pastor, because my work—we've seen it in the in the in, in the scripture—is to feed. If I have to do everything, I have to pick people this morning. I have to clean the church. I remember when I was when I was much younger, quite so many years ago. Oh boy, we used to—I used to pastor a church. We used to—I used to lead a congregation then, and we, I would wake up. At around 5, trek to church, get to church about 6 a.m., wet the floor. It wasn't this um, tie stall of this thing. Wet the floor. The place, because the base was very dusty. Wet the floor, my whole body would have been soaked with the dust. Arrange all the chairs. Then I will just be praying, waiting. Then I'll do that. I used to time myself six to seven. I must have done everything. I arranged all the chairs, carry the drums because where the drums are, where all the microphones, everything are, they were in. They call it the big church. So I will carry everything down to the other building, put everything there. Six to seven. I will have arranged everything. My whole body, like a black trouser that I wore like this, would have been stained. I will not be praying, waiting for my escorts at eight. So, my escorts will come in at 8. We'll pray from 8 to 8.30. 8.30, because service starts at about 9.30. Then we'll go debrief, plan the service, okay, and I will stay out to preach. I, I'm so sure I wasn't as effective then. Because I was practically doing everything. Practically doing everything. Because the members will play a major role. As you So, because... The reason why this has to be taught is because we now live in a social media generation where everything is ready. It's like a fast food, go to a McDonald's, you just collect it and everything is ready. So you don't see a sense of responsibility again. That is the world that we are now living such that now there's not hi If you want to do anything, talk to hey high. If you want to. So that's the world mindset we are living now, and we don't see you just think that it's hi that arranged the service, did everything this morning. No! We are going to destroy the essence of our gathering that way. It can't be hey. I. <laughs> you know, people are not saying hey I pastor. Ha! How will an hey I communicate the goodness of God? Can a hear I minister healing? <laughs> so the so that means a pastor plays a major role because he's the one feeding, but the pastor can only feed united hearts. And we are just looking at the united hearts. That is, people who are ready. Because it doesn't matter how studious, how proud of the pastor is, if the hearts of the people are not united, oh boy. There is nothing that will happen. The pastor will just keep growing spiritually. The members will keep going. If you sit today now in church and say, say, I will not take notes. I will not open my Bible. I am not ready to listen. I just want to be sitting there. and just warm the bench. You know, (laughs) you will not grow. Me, I will keep growing. But you will be at fault because you need somebody to nourish you. You can't do it alone. That life of, oh, I just want to be isolated. I want to do it alone. That's not what is in scripture. So, Right from Genesis, it has been God's plan that men will gather. In fact, even in Genesis 3, 4, he it says it's not good for man to be alone. God said it. Now, you will take it into marriage context, but that's not what he's talking about, really. It's just showing you that the isolation of man is not God's way. You say, I just want to be at home, sit down in my service, then you go to the toilet and sit down and still be watching the floor, and you say you're in service. <laughs> you sit there, you're not even baited, you're just you are covered up with a blanket, and you just open your phone and say, wow, glory. Pastor, you teaching good. <laughs> and you say you're in service. That's division. The parts are not playing their role. Every part is not playing their role. Now we're having camp meeting, camp meeting is coming. Some people, they don't even want to care whatever the church is doing for camp meeting, how they just want, will tell you, I'm not coming. As if you are trying to do them a favor. Say, I'm not coming. It's not my meeting. Uh-uh. Your church is having camp meeting. You say, no, I'm not coming. People will set up the meeting. People are flying down from different parts of the, of the country to the, to the meeting. You are in Rochester, you are lying down, covered up with a blanket, say, is there a live stream? I don't know why. We still live in a generation. I remember when I poster company. Everybody came asking, is there going to be live stream? And I, asked, and I responded to somebody inbox because that one is closer. I said, where do you live? person said, I live in Boston. I said, okay. I said, so Boston is six hours away. I said, I know people who are coming about eight nine hours away. person said, oh, I will be there. I said, better. <laughs> I said, better. Why is it that the first thing in our generation is the next thing is will it be streamed life? You can't get the substance of a meeting by watching it online. It's not possible. It is called spiritual gathering, not a physical gathering. You can't get the sub just imagine how we prayed this morning, how we worshiped, we thanked God. How do you, how does somebody want to catch that atmosphere online? You know, there was an atmosphere as we worship this morning. How does somebody online want to catch that atmosphere? No, tell me. Teach me how the is done. Then you'll be rubbing yourself, cheating yourself up, then things will now get difficult for you. You'll not come running. Pastor, pastor, problem, problem. Then I'll tell you, sister,
0: brother, church, church. <laughs> 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 That's what I tell people. I said,
1: this thing you are saying, I've taught it as a message. People come and ask me, Pastor, I'm going through this. I just said them, go on SoundCloud. The day I was teaching it, where were you? I remember I remember when we taught dealing with anxiety. I can't count how many people who have reached out to me and told me that message, oh, he helped me, he blessed me in this city. oh. And I'm wondering, the day I taught it, where were you? Now you have a problem, I would not say go and listen to you. And I say, oh wow. So you now eventually did that same thing you missed. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, we are still having a family discussion. Tell your neighbor, say we are still having a family discussion. You know, that's how a church should be. We should have family conversation. We should flog ourselves. We should, you know, in your family, no matter how you want to. I, I remember me, I was the troublesome child in my family, but the, my son did not change. There's no how my father wants to chase me away. Say, there was even one time my father said, I don't even, I want to disown you. I said, you, are sti- you still have my DNA. <laughs> I still have your DNA. So even if I change my last name, the DNA cannot live. We are still a family. If they ask you, have you given birth to a child before? You can't deny it. Even if you deny it publicly, you can't deny it in your heart. <laughs> we are a family. Hallelujah. Only that in the family, there is different kind of breed. You know what I'm talking about. You check your brother, you check your sister, you check everybody. You, you check your cousins. You say, Hmm. So doesn't look like a member of our family. That is how it is in a local church. You see some members you say, you yeah, are yeah, yeah, part of our family, but <laughs> have you not been a real family? A real member? How many of you know have those members that they just run away from the family? They just stay on their own. How many of those members? They don't want to They don't want to talk to anybody. So once in a while, maybe when, when they have a family meeting, they just pop in, pop out. I mean, that is how it is for people in the local church. Who that come one Sunday, not come till the maybe crossover night. The crossover night is always the service everybody is to come to church the most. That's why we have this year we're not doing crossover we're doing 7 p.m. <laughs> Let's cross over at 7 p.m. <laughs> they say, oh, I want to just worship God into the new year because I want to believe how to believe for 2024. No. That's not how to treat the family. That's not how to treat the church. You can't take all the best from a local church that way. You can't. That's why you see people. I tell people, I say, you check. See, let me tell you. Do a test. And I, and I can bet you. Stay committed three, four months and see if your life won't change. And see if your life won't change. Then you'll be wondering, oh, the, then you'll be wondering, why? What, what is it with the older, older generation that they know, they seem to know how to get things done in the place of prayer, in the place of meeting their pastor, in the place of, because of just simple principles. But in our world today, everybody is just, you use meme to share your problem. There's a meme that addresses every problem. You don't put it on your Instagram. Isolated but not frustrated. <laughs> the glory of God moves. Depressed but not downcasted. Eh, which other one? I can be sad, but I'm still I'm still winning. And what are you winning? Nothing, just paycheck. <laughs> so there's a mean that dress you don't put it there, you just be. Wallowing and the devil is dealing with you, beating you blue, blue, black. Then you're wondering, ah, what is it that our, what is it that the older, older generation who seem to be going to church? What is it that they had, that is not with this our generation? What is it that they had? Do you think they didn't know what they are doing, or do you think they are just fanatics that just want to just be going to church that much? No, they must have seen something. They must have encountered something. I till today I have not seen my mom not go to church. No matter, even if somebody offends her, she will say she will just go and run away. She will just at least sit there in the service and disappear after. If I thought somebody, else. but that she won't go on a Sunday. I have not seen it before. Though I don't live with her anymore, but I, I'm so sure. Because that it's like it has become their lives. They may not know as much as we know. In God's word, but they had some basic principles. Go to church. Be part of a family. I Remember when I was going to university then, in in um, many years ago. He said, "Hey, remember the child of who you are? go to church." <laughs> I you get to what I'm saying. So if everybody decide to do whatever they like, the church will enter a chaos. If you just decide now, as I'm teaching, to just stand up and say, "Pastor, shut up," you know, division has happened in the church. <laughs> the reason why you are seated now and just listening is because we are orderly. It's so that there will be no division. Or just imagine somebody just stand up now and go and offer the speaker. <laughs> That's what was happening in Corinthian church too. As the pastor is just preaching, I have a tongue and interpretation. I have a psalm. Pastor, step aside. Serial, similarly. That's what they were doing in the church. Have you seen a church have a good pastor, but but terrible members before? (laughs) I've been around for a while. I've been been doing this job for quite some years now. I can tell you, I can tell you stories. (laughs) That you see a good pastor, but. When you look at the church member, it doesn't reflect. You wonder, ah, you are, you, are, you, are you really going to that church? And ah, you, you probably know the sermon and the doctrine or what they preach to that ah, <laughs> How does he relate? Go and check even all these Instagram baddies that they do. They go to church. Oh, go and you will see their stories this evening. Oh, don't you know? Ah, we are all in the social media world. Don't, we are having a family discussion now. I'm on Instagram as much as you're on Instagram. So I see, <laughs> I see everything. Today is Sunday. They will put a recap of how the worship session moved. And they will position themselves how the worship God. But tomorrow, watch their story. Still slain. Then they will open their, their their body and everything. Then you're wondering, ah, but you say you go to this church. How that's because they they do, they are probably not involved. You know, no true member of a local church will be involved because they will say, sister. <laughs> Somebody will just tell that says brother. Oh. You know, are you, you get what I'm saying? Do you know the reason why you do you know the reason why I can't even post anything on social media like this that is incriminating? You just somebody will put pastor. You know that's the end of my ministry. (laughs) So that means if you are involved, it will also put your life in check because somebody will just say, "Brother, sister, cover up." But there is nobody that they are accountable to in the local church who is watching over their souls. We read it in Hebrews 13, right? It says, "Watch over your souls, for they must give account." There is nobody. They are following all the pastors on social media. That's why they, it seems like life's, people are in shambles and yet they call themselves Christians. But if it was you now, somebody would just text you and say, Sister, something, you would take it down. And you, even if you are not happy, but at least a sense of decency has come. You are not always going to be happy with correction. Correction doesn't make you happy. That's the truth. Even as I'm teaching now, I'm sure some of you are sad. It's part of it. It's part of correction. Correction is not always sweet. Hope you know. I mean, now you've been around for a while, so you should know that correction is not always sweet. So division starts when a local church with, when division starts when a member of a local church comes for a different purpose rather than to be blessed or to be a blessing. If all you came today to do is just to sit down, and just observe the service. <laughs> that's division. Because your essence of coming should be that you want to be blessed. Or you want to be a blessing. How will you be a blessing? In the gifts of the spirit, as a tongue, as a doctrine, as an interpretation, as a psalm, you're walking together, putting things together, that's being a blessing. So that means, I am coming for service, and I understand what service means. So that means, if service for me means that I just want to come and test the service today and check if this is the kind of church I will go. Or if service today means, ah, so that they will not say I did not come to church, let me come. If service for you today means, um, let me just come and show my fine clothes. If service today means, oh, I don't even care whatever they are doing, they just, everybody is just even annoying me in that church. But if i know Guna, they not see this, they will say that uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a problem. If that is what service is to you, you can't take all the best from the service. You can't. I'm teaching you how. You, you might just be coming here for the first time or something. If you get back to your churches or wherever you are, ensure that you have this common principle about church. Are you getting what I'm saying? That by the time I come to service, the essence of me coming to service is not to bring division, but to bring unity. And how would I bring unity? I will come with unity of mind, right? That means I'm coming to be a blessing. Right? Right? I'm coming to be blessed. So when I say let us pray, we pray. Let's lift our hands, let's worship, we worship, right? Because we are being, we are building one another, right, guys? When it's time for the word, we are listening, we are taking because we are not coming for a different purpose. That was what happened in that Corinth. They came for different purpose. What was the purpose? Some persons we come there's food in the service. Instead of the person to wait for others to eat, the person will take all the food and run home. Paul said, ah, have you not have houses where you eat and drink? So some people were coming purposely for just food in church. Thank God for our own church. It's not every Sunday we share food. We do. It's not a, in fact. It's once in a blue moon. Because food can be a very big distraction in a local church. Because some people they say, hey, hey there's rice on Sunday, I'm coming. <laughs> That's not why you should come to church. I remember one church like that. The heavy rice every Sunday. Everybody kept coming. The pastor, I told, I told somebody, I said the pastor is being deceived. They are not coming for the word. They are coming. Everybody is coming to eat rice. <laughs> <laughs> everybody is coming to eat. So you see, everybody filled up the service. But not because they want to listen to the word; they are just wanting be fast, attention, spam. As they just be fast, and you know, so much will have been walking around, and the food will have been smelly. You don't want it, hey God. <laughs> so as they say, pray, let's just pray over the food. You're like, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. That's not why you come to church. So when we allow our minds focus on the real reasons why we gather, it will help us to come. It will help us to be blessed. So, why do we gather? We gather for our edification. Right? Right? We said that, right? Edification means to build up, to promote the growth of one another. Right? Can we also say we gather so that you can be fed the world? Can we also say you gather so that you can be blessed and be a blessing? So, ask yourself. Ask your neighbor. Are you a blessing to someone in this service? No, you guys are quiet. So, the real reason why people can attend the church and not see changes, so why be people go, you know, I told you that there's something I want to teach next year, changing hopeless situation. I, I really want to teach that. Why does it seem like situations don't change? People, People's Life, they linger on so much in a problem, and they'll be wondering, Lord, is this you? Lord, no, it's not God though. Mm -mm. I would say another, I'll say one thing in this service and I'll just drop it. If you attend the church and four to six months, you don't see tremendous growth in your spiritual growth. You're not praying more, you're not studying more, you're not being cursed for for the work of Jesus, you're not being steered up. See, and your life is not being changed, it's simply because you don't know how to come to the church. It's not the church that went wrong. You just did not know how to receive in the church. You probably didn't come to, you probably didn't gather for the right reasons. You probably didn't gather or come so that you can be built up. You probably gather so that you can just sit down on the bench or observe the service and check what is going on there? Are you getting what I'm saying? Because there is no useless member in the body of Christ. There is no useless member. Every one of you seated here this morning, you have a part to play. That is why in that first Corinthians 14, 26, it says, when I is it them bringing, when ye come together. So have we come together this morning? So that means every one of you had a sound. At a doctrine, at a tongue, at a revelation, at an interpretation. Let all things be done unto a divine. So God has designed every one of us to contribute to the gathering. Every one of you seated here this morning, God has designed that you have something to contribute as we gather. Why are you not doing it? You are not taught. You just didn't know. Now you know. Because it is from God that has blessed us, it is from what God has blessed us with that we become a blessing to others. See, I am blessed to be a blessing. I to be a blessing. And, I have to and I have something to contribute. That's good. Let me begin to close gradually. Look at in Psalm 29 verse 9. Are you learning something this morning? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Psalm 29 verse 9. Let's start approaching. Gradually, as we begin to put a check on this, I will continue this next week. We said flowing with the local church or flowing with the Spirit in a local church. Look at the first. Look at Psalm twenty-nine, verse nine. Are we having a family conversation? Are we sure? Yes. All right. It says the voice of the Lord maketh the hens to carve and discovereth the forest. It says in this temple. Psalm 29, verse 9. It says, in his temple, everyone speaks what? Glory. Everyone speaks of his glory. Is this a, did he say some people? Did he say some people? It says, everyone speaks of his glory. Everyone gives expression, gives thought, his glory. His temple is a prophetic language of the church in this narrative. So that means... Everyone has something to contribute. Say, I have the expression of God's glory. glory. To bless the church. I am not a useless member. No, not sound like you mean it. So there is no disadvantaged member. Everyone speaks of his glory. Everyone. So what is my responsibility? The responsibility of a pastor is to teach that every member can do their part. So that means, as I I begin to put things to proper um, thing, is that everyone does his part because the body edifies itself. We are called the body of Christ. In fact, even scientifically, I think there's something that say the body nourishes itself. Is that is that right, scientifically or bi- biologically? I mean, it's the hands that, that feeds the mouth now, so it's not something else that bi- biologically people, science people, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Would you people? <laughs> would you people that are science? <laughs> so all of us are responsible to create the kind of atmospheres we have in our meeting. All of us. So that means, if we want to turn this place now to a disco party, hope you know we can. Do you know? Do you know we can? I'll just take the pulpit away, put it somewhere, take the chairs away, turn off the lights into a red light. I mean, how they do it? I don't know. I've not been there before. <laughs> how do they do it? And we'll just play one music. We have speakers. And we'll start dancing. Right? If we want to turn this place to a restaurant, hope you know we can. we we'll just put table within the chairs. And we'll be having a good time. Plus it's background music. We'll be flowing. Right? But if we want to turn this place to an atmosphere of healing, can we do it? Yes. Oh yeah, we can. Just like how we started this morning, we turned the atmosphere to an atmosphere of prayer, right? Yes. Could we have turned the atmosphere and say, "We don't want prayer. We want party. We could do it, right? Oh yeah, so that means every one of us is responsible for our what kind of atmosphere we create in the service. That means if I come to this meeting expecting, or let's say I tell you guys, I say next Sunday service is an healing Sunday. That means every one of us we come with a mindset, right, that we want to receive healing. We want to minister to the sick. We want to bless lives, right? You know, we, just like we had some summer healing campaign, we, 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 had, we created an atmosphere we said, we want to heal the sick. We want to demonstrate the power of God. Is that not what we did? That's what we did. So we said, camp meeting is coming. We want to have Holy God's meetings. We want to make sure that everyone is blessed. The sick is healed Demonstration of the Spirit, the Word of God Thought, Can we create that atmosphere in the meeting? Yes. Oh, yeah. We can. That means we are all responsible for the kind of atmosphere we create in the service. So listen to me, guys. Watch me. Everybody look at me. As a family now, if all of us decide and say, brethren, every Sunday service, every Tuesday service, every service in this church must be supernatural. Can we do it? But we ought to be in one accord, right? Yes, sir. We have to be in one accord. Can we say such that if any member just step their foot on that door, even if they are having, if they are on a wheelchair, they will walk. Yes, can we do it? Yes, we can. We can. We are responsible for the atmosphere we create. Can we make sure and say supernatural community church? There is no sick that will enter this church that will not be healed. Yes, sir. Can we agree? Yes, sir. As a family, can we agree? Yes, that any sick, any pain, anybody that has any pain, any sickness in their body, the very minute the person sits on any of our seats, the, person, the pain will be gone. Yes, sir. Can we agree? Yes, sir. Can we agree? Yes, sir. We are responsible. So you see that this thing is not just the pastor alone. Then you'll be wondering why you're not blessed in the service. Because you did not come with the mindset. You didn't come with the mindset to flow with the meeting. Okay, let's do something. Before service close today, all of us, we are going to be in agreement. I will pray for our week. That this week, as a family, we will see miracles. Miracles naturally. Miracles financially. Miracles abundantly. And we agree as a family. I mean, if you are in agreement with me? Yes, sir. Right? Yes. And next Sunday, we all come together and there must be testimonies. Yes, sir. Can we agree? Yes, sir. So you will see how to be blessed in a meeting. We want to practicalize it. So that when you enter a church service, you know that, man, I'm coming for a great time. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, no service must be the same way. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, that, so when we say we're having camp meeting now, We say we are having the demonstrations of the Spirit of God. The power of God in mighty demonstrations. It's called supernatural camp meeting. Power of God, like never before. Every sick healed. Everyone edified, built up, nourished. Can we have that? Because we will create the atmosphere, right? That will fuel the way we will pray. That will flow the way we worship. Right? Because we are in one accord. Yes. So, why don't you get the best in a service? You didn't come in one accord. Then you keep going and you keep wondering, why is my life the same way? You didn't come in one accord. That's why I'm teaching us this morning, so that we can have a new approach to church. Do you know that somebody online can't, no matter, somebody online can't catch this atmosphere now? That we are trying to create. Hope you know. Even if person say hi sir. Me too I'm involved. You know it's not the same way. Like we are together. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's not the same way. You've got to be there physically. So everyone will do his part. The body will identify itself. So that means. I'll say it this way. You are here to build with us. We want to have. Supernatural times. Glory of God. Mighty demonstrations. The word of God taught precepts and precepts and by context, precepts and by demonstrations. Paul said, I come not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But with the demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Those are the kind of services we want to have. Acts 2, verse 1. Suddenly, the day of Pentecost, when they it, it were fully come. it says they were in one accord. Go there. Go to Acts 2, verse 1. Let's see it. Go to Acts 2, verse 1. So you see what the unity does. Go to Acts 2, verse 1, so that you can see it. Acts 2, verse 1. Are you there? I'll wait for you. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are there, we'll say wait for. If you are not just say wait for me. Okay, I'll wait for you. Please, but don't waste our time. <laughs> okay, are you there now? Yes. So that means, look at it. Verse two. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord what in one place. Look at it. it says. So that means the 120 people agreed together. This is the way one in one accord in one place. And suddenly a hey, broke will happen. So can we be in accordance and say, no service of this church will be the same? Yep. Yes, sir, sir. Are we in one accord? Yes, sir. Because who will be blessed at the end of the day? All of us, right? And so, so, so we will create the atmosphere such that all of us can be blessed. And he already told us, in Matthew 18, where two or more people are gathered, he is there. So that means if two people agree together, that's why he says, if two shall agree as touching a thing in heaven, what did he say? He says it will be done to him on earth. He says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be losing in heaven. Because we are in agreement. I told you in Genesis 11, how they were in unity to do division. To cause, to create idol worship, the Torah of Babel. That means people can be united. And I said, you can also be united to destroy me. You can also be united to destroy your neighbor. That's why gossiping should not be permitted. We can't gossip one another here because we are in agreement. We can't look down one and say, look at the kind of dress he wears. That's not why we came. Hope you know. We did not come to check our clothes. We did not come to check our shoes or the kind of cars we drive. We did not come to check... Ah, this is that. No, that's not what we came. We came for one purpose. What is it? Edification. So, when we are in a meeting like this, what should be on everybody's mind? Edification. What did we say it is for? To build, to promote, right? That is why we are here. That is how to get the best from a meeting. It says, the way one accord. And suddenly, there came a clover thought. He says, there came a sound from heaven, as of a r- rushing mighty way. It filled where they were seated. So that means the body edifies itself. So when you get to a church, or those churches where you get to, and you see that it is dry, it is something, it is not, oh, wow, this service is not okay, this service is not conducive. They are not properly taught how to make the service the way it is. It's just few people making the service that way. Are you seeing the problem now? But do we want to make our own that way? Guys, do we want to make our own that way? Ah, we're we having a family conversation now. So we're trying to build our family to be better, right? So that when we come to church next Sunday now, or Tuesday evening service, we can say, brethren, we are here for what, what purpose? Edification. So everybody can be what? Blessed, right? Everybody can receive, right? Everybody can be built up, right? Right? We're creating the atmosphere. We are coming for what purpose? Education. So that means I'm here to take care of you as much as you are here to take care of me. So it means it is every man's job to flow with the Spirit of God. Play for me, I close. So if there is an atmosphere of love, we will create it. If there is an atmosphere of strife and division, we created it. That's why Paul told them in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, I hear there be having strife among you. Because they created that atmosphere. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that means if there is an atmosphere of the power of God, who created it? Who created it? You are not answering me. We created it. if there is an atmosphere of prayer who created it do you know why we pray in service we are creating the atmosphere we want we are creating an atmosphere of the spirit of God to flow let me tell you if you go to a place where they don't pray run away are you hearing what I'm saying run away prayer is the only way There's that old song. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Even God came down as a man to pray. So you never get tired of prayer. That is how we make things happen. Prayer is God's mechanism to make things happen. So it is not a one man's job. A local church is not a one man's job. Every one of us should be responsible. So I ask you a question. As you came to service this morning, I'm sure you are being blessed by what I'm teaching. But are you a blessing to somebody? Are you a blessing to somebody? Because one of the dangers of a local church is that the pastor is the only one praying. Yes, I pray for every one of you. Oh, I do. Including all the workers in this church, workers in training, if there's anything we do the most is to pray for you. 90% of all our prayers is you. But don't you know it will be good if you two are also praying for somebody else too? And as people are praying for you too, you're also praying for somebody else. Who are you also praying for? That's the question that you should ask. Ask, ask your neighbor who are you praying for? No, 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 and I'm not saying you should be selfish and say, My whole family member at home, my biological family, my friend at home. You know, that's no all about it. In Ephesians 8:16-18, 8, it says praying always, with all prayers and supplication in the spirit, is says, praying for all saints and we are part of the saints who are you praying for in this church you've been in this church for quite a number of months here, yeah? who are you who have you prayed for Who have you said oh i'm mentioning this person this brother this sister in the the place of prayer that things are going well with this brother these things are going well with this sister in the name and you call the person you check up on the person you're saying oh brother i just pray for you that everything will go well with you how about that no that would be a beautiful local church So that we're in unity some of you don't even know the names of people around you of so you have seen every day, you say, hi, Alpha, how are you? You don't know, have their number, you know, and you want to pray for them.
0: Hallelujah.
1: So if there's an atmosphere, that's why one of the things we do, we all pray together. Some people say, prayer meeting is not for me. How will prayer meeting not be for you? Prayer meeting is as important as a Sunday service. Midweek service is as important as a Sunday service because it's for one purpose. If you were the one to preach, this I tell people: If you, if I tell you you are preaching on Tuesday, hope you know you will make your way here. But the reason why you are not on Tuesday services is because you don't see a responsibility. You don't see a responsibility. If I tell you you are the one that will open the door of the church, we put the key in your hand. Hope you know you will come, you will find every means to come. on Friday prayer meeting. Are you getting what I'm saying? So are we really building up ourselves or we are dividing ourselves? Then people will keep wondering, what's wrong with the local church? What's wrong? That church, something is going, nothing is going on. It's just that the people are not well taught how to do things in the church. I'm teaching you because supernatural community church must be a house of the glory of God. A house for the world, a house of prayer, healing, miracles, signs and wonders, the gifts of the Spirit in diverse demonstrations. That's why we are here. Preaching the gospel. You are taught to teach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Heal the same. The way I teach in this church, I teach you to heal the same. Not me alone. I teach you to flow with the gifts of the Spirit. Not me alone. So I'm not a superstar. I don't want to come here on Sunday and just be calling names, calling numbers, calling this, and I'm like, I'm you. I watch and say, wow, pastor get power. No! I want you to be able to do it. Many of you have seen the CQDA. I want you to be able to do it. All of us working together. Being built up. So when you see a division in the local church, it's because we don't love one another. Say, I don't tear down. I build up. I'm a team player. We'll continue from here next week. So you can in that hell can either help or hinder the ministry activity in your local church. So, ask your neighbor a question. Are you injuring or helping the ministry? Ask them. Are you injuring? Are you hindering or helping the local church? Are you a blessing to somebody in this service? Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet. Let's hold one another's hand. Let's pray for one another. I hope you know you will lift your voice to pray now. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost for one another. Holy hold somebody's hands. We are one family, right? We are praying for our stronger commitment. We are praying for ourselves, right? Lift your voices. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Jude 20. Hold your Bibles. Go to Jude 20. Let me teach you something there. So that you can see what you are doing. Jude 20. Jude 20. So as we pray for one another, we we, we are in one accord, right? Right, guys? Jude 20. Are you there? Jude 20. You can share Bibles now because we are family now. Jude 20. Jude. Jude is before Revelation. Are you there? What did he say? He says, be ye beloved. Building up yourself. What? And what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Can that be your ecodomio? Is that edification? Because we said building, right? So, so are we, uh, what do we want to do now? Can, Can we say we want to build ourselves? Right? Can we say we want to edify ourselves? How are we going to do it? Praying what? In the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hold somebody beside you let's do that let's start with that you are
0: praying for that person you are praying for the person you are holding like this it, is you pray in the Holy Ghost building up yourself lift your voices building up yourself in your most holy faith you are sharing one another you are building one another you are helping one another you are contributing to the joy of one another you are changing one another's life Celebrate. Shamanata cross the pale, red brigade, broke the brigade, 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 separated. Salvation shiko. One more minute. One more minute. One more minute. Let's build up this place. Suprete. Shamanate kaiha. Forty seconds more. Number Amen. Thank him for the break at the break
1: the the braga, the the braga, the him. the braga, the you
0: the the
1: Thank you for what you've heard this morning. Thank you because you are you are much better. You are well, you, are, you are fed the world this morning. That you are much better. You are understanding the family of God, the body of Christ. You are understanding your edification. You know you will not go to service and live the same way again. Thank you. Lift your hands everywhere you are this morning. Bless you.